SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Thanks, Greg. This is the Market Update with MoneyWeb. Hilton turned with you on this Thursday. Five minutes after six o'clock, a reminder of our SMS line 34701 with the keyword market. That's 34701 with the keyword market. Those SMSs cost you two rand. Keep those questions coming in. Any share or investment related question, anything about the world of finance, get those into us. As long as you include the word market somewhere in your message, 34701. And a reminder of that question from last night, a final year student who has saved up, is it better to A, buy a property ETF on the market and rent property, or buy their own property and use that as their investment? David's done his homework. He'll give us the answer in a couple of minutes' time. First up, as always, Google and Fupi has your business news. Thanks, Hilton. Good evening. South Africa's largest transport and logistics firm, Imperial Holdings, aims to double its core profit from the rest of Africa in at least three years and is looking for acquisitions to fuel its growth. The firm could spend up to 1 billion rand to bolster its business on the rest of the continent. Local manufacturing output fell by just under 3% or just 2-3% year-on-year in volume terms during the month of February. This is the first contraction in five months. The manufacturing sector contributes about 15% of gross domestic product and is key to creating employment in our economy, which is plagued by high levels of unemployment. And some good news for those who had fears that the European financial crisis, which has dragged on for a lot longer than expected, would have a bad impact on South Africa. The local Reserve Bank says investment flows remain good as foreigners still look favorably on South Africa. Whilst the events unfolding in Cyprus are a concern, South African institutions have no exposure to risk there, although Europe is an important trading partner for us and the crisis impacts on our exports. Turning to the markets now, the JCO share index has closed up in positive territory ever so slightly, up by a tenth of 1% at 39,109 points. The rands at 8.90 to the US dollar, 13.66 to the pound and 11.67 against the euro. Gold trading at $1,566 an ounce, a barrel of Brent crude oil at $105 and the platinum price at $1,533 an ounce. Thanks a lot, Gugu. Well, uh, interesting that the Reserve Bank seems to think there's no impact from, from Cyprus. Nah. Sen's announcement yesterday, <laughs> remember Decillion? Mm. Yeah. They're trying to list something into this business. They've renamed it Ardor. Cautionary announcement out yesterday. There's uh, 360 million rands of equity <laughs> no, don't being stuck in the bank. <laughs> no, you've got to be kidding. Not making this up. Uh, and that's going to be taken. I mean, they're going to take a haircut on that. Mm. If, it's, if, if, they, if they deposit in the bank, they're going to have to, uh, what's it called, buy in. So Let me read you. Let me <laughs> so bail in, yes. Bail in. Very euphemistic. Investors who subscribe for the amount of 360 million rand in the equity oh. of Ardo South Africa w- were unable to have their subscription payment released from Cyprus banks with, where the funds were held. These investors are making alternative arrangements and propose to enter into a new subscription agreement once the new investment company structures have been set up elsewhere. But if it's deposited, it's deposited. <laughs> Unless it Who was knows? done in lots of little amounts. Oi, oi, oi. That's a disaster. David, anyway. getting on to uh, our market today, uh, up ever so slightly, mm. 39 points on the all share, 39,109. In fact, it's a tale of two markets, and the market bringing us down once more, the mining market. Mm. Hilton, there's this growing perception, and more and more reports come out almost on a, you know, on a daily basis about uh, worries about the uh, demand coming out of China, that it's going to slow down, and more supply, particularly of, of uh, metals, of base metals, 
will increase. So iron ore companies are under pressure, copper companies under pressure, uh, coal companies under pressure. And on the other hand, we're getting uh, also negative uh, views on gold. You know, um, uh, why hold gold while all this money has been sloshing around and equity markets are going up, led by George Soros? If, if gold didn't perform uh, in the Cyprus situation, when is it going to uh, uh, perform? So we've got negative perceptions against our precious metals as well as the base metals. So um, take away mining shares, you've got a very strong market in industrials and a very uh, a solid market in financials, particularly industrials. Money flowing back in again. Uh, all our heavyweights are up. Retailers back in demand, you know, creeping up um, slowly, um, having seen a sell-off. Uh, so, uh, you know, unfortunately, all these not... Um, you know, is not responding. U.S. markets uh, continue to make all-time highs. I think we we made a, a strong all-time high last night, and it looks like we're heading for another one mm, now. Up half a percent. You know, UK markets, uh, Japanese markets are going up like a rocket. Helen Graham is smiling. Yeah, if they, if, if, as long as they got the right side of it, you know, they have got mm. the right stocks there. But uh, uh, done very very well. So. Just looking. I, I, you know, if, if you own the if you own the what if you own uh, industrial shares you're doing well. If you own something like the Satrix or a, a general fund, mm. you know you're flat. Just looking at the gold stocks on the day, we saw how many down ever so slightly. Goldfields down by two percent. Anglo Gold down over three percent. A lot of disparity there. Mm. It's you can't explain it. It's just uh, on a you know just on a share by share basis, and to try and read it on a day to day basis is very very difficult. Platinum, on the other hand, platinum shares came up. You know, even though there's kind of a link with uh, with gold shares. You know, the platinum price also, although, although gold and platinum did pick up very slightly now, I think the trend is seems to be negative. Manufacturing data out today for February down 2.9 percent year on year. The first contraction in five months. Not ideal. No, no, not at all. And it's, uh, you know, if you look where it is, it's in, it was in iron and steel and quite a few uh, major industries that we, uh, you know, we saw big contractions coming through as well. So, on the other hand, I think mining was up better, but it's coming off such a low base that there's bound to be this rebound in, um, you know, mm. in mining. But it's not being matched by manufacturing. What was interesting in the mining numbers, up 7% in February, but mm. if you go back, the January number was 7.3%. Mm. It's now been revised down to 6.7%. Mm. So, we're likely to see a downward revision probably of the February number as well. Yeah, yeah. Look, it, it's coming from platinum. Most of the most mm. of the gains there, but there was a huge backlog um, that that was kind of released uh, into January, February, um, and it's it's whether we can sustain that into the year. And I don't think the numbers coming out or the, uh, the you know from the mine suggest that there's going to be an increase overall increase in manufacturing. News on uh, Mining, the, sorry. the the Absa Barclays Africa transaction. Our treasuries approved it. There are regulatory delays in Kenya, Botswana, Ghana, and Mauritius. Not quite a rubber stamp. You can imagine, David, the complexity of trying to get this through in a number of countries. The deadline is September. Maria Ramos, the chief executive of APSA, is confident that that will be met. They are trying for the first half of the year, though, but she says that's going to be tight. Well, there's nothing we can do. I think you've just got to go through the processes. It's, uh, but that's... No, that's global mergers. I don't think this is out of the ordinary, particularly in Africa. And I don't know how efficient some of these uh, regulators are you know, to push this through. But I would assume 
they're, they're, they've covered most I would hardly of the think the regulator mm. in Botswana has, no. has many uh, <laughs> deals to, no, no. to, to, to approve. And I, I don't know why they'd be against it in any case. I don't think there's anything sinister there. It's not going to upset what is already there. It's just simply a, a change of the, uh, the holding company. Sofiso de Bengua, the chief executive of MTN, told us a couple of months ago when the company reported annual results for last year that they were one of 90 companies which had applied for two licenses which will be issued in Myanmar, the old Burma. Uh, the reason why this is so attractive is there's just 5% cell phone penetration in that market, mm. uh, probably a couple of thousand, a <laughs> couple of 10,000 phones. Uh, they are now one of 15 to be through to the second round. Mm. Mm. Uh, they'll now be four shortlisted and then two will get licenses. Mm. You've got to fancy your chances, David. Oh, well, you know, they've got a very good name there and they've mm. got a very good record. I mean, even Iran, Iran they've got it. You know, Afghanistan. They've gone through all kinds of Hoffman commissions. They, they know how to do it. You know, their presentation, their PowerPoint presentations <laughs> are really, really good. <laughs> so expect Burma to be on the next, next on the list. What's it, Myanmar? They, they are looking at uh, North Africa for acquisition. Positions. Mm. They could spend anywhere from mm. four to eight billion dollars. It's interesting numbers. that we're seeing this because I think it wasn't even a year ago that they decided that uh, they were going to hold back and consolidate money mm. or, or accumulate cash, increase the amount of dividend payments, particularly when they had that BE listing and that. And we thought they'd just uh, consolidate and uh, you know pull back slightly. And here you are, they're embarking on a you know, quite aggressive strategy. Eight billion is a lot in rands. That's uh, seventy-one, seventy billion. Yeah, mm. that's big. I see now a uh, release literally minutes ago. MTN now one of twelve operators, not fifteen operators. Uh, 12 operators to, to make it through out. to the second round. Uh, <laughs> yeah, two licenses, 12 <laughs> operators. You've got a fairly good odds. And we'll, we'll, talk well I don't know who the oppos- opposition is. You know, we've got to find the opposition. But, it, but you know, in a, in a country, that's where they've, they've made it name, in a country with 5% penetration. I mean, oh, the opportunities are huge. Well, horse racing and betting group Pumalela out with results for the six months to the 31st of January uh, today. Revenue is up 9% in the six months. Headline earnings per share up 17%. Rian Duplessis is chief executive of Pumalela. Rian, the, the real feature of these numbers is not necessarily your horse racing and your horse betting, tote betting, but soccer betting, which is just exploding. Yes, Hilton. Uh, uh, soccer betting is up uh, year on year 77%. Um, also, you need to know that our fixed odds betting, which is through Betting World, uh, was up 24%. International was up 18%. And then tote betting on horse racing was down 5%, unfortunately. But that was on the back of um, 10, a net 10 lost race meetings due to inclement weather, which represents 5% of the, of the fixtures that we would have staged during the uh, six-month period. That, together with the loss of the J&B Met mm. in this six-month period, uh, shows the, 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 the tote betting on horse racing as negative. If you uh, add those two back, because when I say the J&B Met was lost, it wasn't lost, it was just moved from the last weekend in January to the first weekend in February, so it now doesn't fall into our first six months. If you... Uh, if you take both those factors into account, we actually had a very satisfactory uh, performance on our tote betting on horse racing as well. Rian, let's dig into that uh, sports betting. Uh, you do offer bets on soccer as well as rugby. Rugby's still tiny, and 
given some of the uh, growth in soccer, uh, unlikely to grow much from its base, I, I guess. Take us through the, the, the dynamics in the, in the soccer betting market, this market that, as you say, is up uh, 77% year on year. Yes, uh, the the major growth that we've achieved is is really twofold. We've staged more betting opportunities, so so we're offering more more soccer uh, bets uh, more regularly. Number one, but the vast majority of the growth came from soccer ten and soccer thirteen. Um, these two bets uh, uh, are different from soccer uh, four and six that are respect that that is a six rand minimum bet. Soccer uh, thirteen is a one rand forty minimum bet. And soccer 10 is a two rand minimum bet. Um, and these, these lower denomination bets have found huge favor with, with customers. And it's the aspiration of, uh, wagering, uh, the, the change that you have left after you've bought your loaf of bread, uh, into a large pool that, uh, that has a payout, uh, of a possible million or more. I think soccer 13 had regular Two million rand payouts during the six months under review. As far as soccer and sports betting is concerned, uh, it is a significant part of your life. Twenty percent of uh, your your total revenues uh, is soccer betting. Are we likely to see that grow even further? Yeah, I would. I, we definitely believe that our, our sports uh, uh, betting will will outgrow and outpace our horse racing. And I'd be most surprised if in five years' time. Our betting on tote betting on other sports is not more than more or at least equal to our betting on horse racing. We will still grow, and we're, we're putting in a, high, a strong effort to grow our horse racing. But the popularity of the other sports is just such that that we believe that it will uh, equal or be greater than than the betting on horse racing in five years' time. Might we see other sports added to the mix? Yes, most definitely. Uh, we're looking at uh, introducing uh, a, a quartet on motorsports, such as Formula One and other motor and motorcycle sports. And we're looking at other bets as well. We're going to try a combination of a um, horse racing, a, a soccer bet with one leg being a horse race uh, on the day, because we would like to cross-pollinate between our customers and perhaps attract some of the people who follow soccer to become followers of horse racing as well. Just looking at the local tote betting uh, landscape, three quarters of that betting is happening at bricks and mortar stores, so your actual local bookmaker. Uh, in terms of growing out that retail footprint even further, is that top of the agenda? Tote betting, yes, we are still growing our retail uh, uh, outlets. In the six months under review, we, we grew uh, by five outlets from 142 to 147. But the real growth in our retail footprint will be at Betting World. Uh, Betting World started the year with uh, 48 retail outlets, um, finished the half year with 52. Um, they have applications in for a further 28, so as to take them up to 18. And I'm pleased to say to you that as late as last week, we were received approval for 16 of the 28, which we will seek to deploy in the next six months. Betting World, uh, the fixed odds uh, operation, in terms of the dynamics in, in that market, uh, a lot of that betting is happening online, um, on sports betting sites, on, on fixed odds betting sites. It's happening in the mobile space. Any plans there in, in uh, extending that Betting World platform further? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm, we're focusing very hard on the cheapest form of taking the bet, which is which is online. 
Um, and uh, our new software uh, is now in the final stage of its pal- parallel run and will probably gun- go live and stand alone with effect from uh, May, 1st of May. Uh, so we're very excited about that because the website will then be able to offer you the full spectrum of fixed odds together with tote bets, uh, which we haven't been able to offer and, and which is which is uh, niggly for customers because they have to have a betting world account and a tab account to be able to place the two on the online, and now they can use one account to place both bets. So uh, from a convenience point of view, we're excited about that. Um, but we see a lot of the growth in betting world coming from the retail side as well, growing the retail footprint. Rona, as you said, uh, your numbers were impacted by the JMB Met slipping into the second half, and we will see the impact of, of that move in, in the numbers for the, the current six months. Uh, as far as your overall horse racing operation goes, are you still attracting the crowds and the punters? Yeah, we actually had more people at the J&B Met uh, this year than, than last year. So we're, we have encouraging uh, trends in our on-course attendance and our on-course uh, betting turnover is also up nicely. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a costly exercise and, and we're, we're simply pushing ahead as, as best we can. That's Ryan Duplicida, the chief executive of Gaming Group Pumalela. David, he tells me, interestingly, that they're working very hard on getting the number of horses per race to the optimum number. 12 to 14 runners in a race means betting volumes go up, means the punters are happy. They had a problem down in the Western Cape where they only had about seven or eight runners a race on average. Betting revenue is down, trainers unhappy. There's the science of horse racing. <laughs> he's, talk, he's talking to me. I, I just say that uh, JSC is enough of a horse race for me. I, enough adrenaline for me to worry about betting on soccer games or horse races. Try volatility on the JSC on a day-to-day basis. 23 minutes after <laughs> 6 o'clock. Keep those questions coming in. 34701 with the keyword market. We've got a good couple of questions through. One of those questions, I have 500 rand to save for 5 to 10 years. Where can I invest? We need to know if that's 500 bucks in total or whether that's 500 rand that you maybe have extra per month. Let us know. Just send us another SMS and we'll get to that question before half past six this evening. 24 after six o'clock. No, 23 after six o'clock. PSG Consult, historically a wealth management business. Uh, obviously, the asset management uh, business on, uh, grew on top of that. Uh, it's now bulked up on insurance. There are over 200 offices around the country. These are offices you will find in places like Zanin, Port Shepston, Graf Renet, Paris, every single corner of the country. The olden days, it would be your broker that you would go to. Willem Teron is outgoing chief executive. He's moving upstairs uh, to the chairman job in July. Willem, you've just renamed the business to PSG. I guess everyone calls it that already. That's correct. It's in line and with the market. Everyone talks about his monies with PSG or his PSG advisor. Take us through the restructuring that you announced today, PSG Wealth, PSG Asset Management and PSG Insurance. Those are the three new divisions, a short-term insurance division joining the business, and we'll get to that in a bit. Why the need to split this up into three? I think it's a lot more focused. We had PSG Online, we've got our uh, Link Life company, and our uh, advisors selling uh, uh, wealth products, and that is all uh, lumped into the wealth division. Then we've got our asset management division, which is focused on asset management, and then the insurance. We do, we do distribution, as well as have obtained a, a license, namely Western National, in the latter part of the year. 
That Western National uh, purchase, very interesting. You bought a stake in March of last year uh, for 18 million rand. You then added to that stake. You now own three quarters of that business. Uh, it's a Namibian operation with licenses for both Namibia and South Africa. Why the short-term insurance space? We think it's in line with our client base, uh, uh, mainly commercial. We're not uh, uh, into uh, Western, isn't into a lot of personal lines. They are focusing on commercial lines. In terms of the results you announced today for the year, revenue up 14%, your recurring headline earnings, uh, a measure that uh, all PSG companies like to use, up 15%. The core of the business, that financial planning, uh, over a billion rand in income last year. Funds under management and the asset management business, 172 million, that's up 24%. That must place you uh, pretty close uh, or pretty high up there locally. Yeah, I think uh, as an independent financial uh, company, we must be one of the bigger ones uh, on the independent side. As far as your move is concerned, you're moving upstairs to chairman. François Gauss takes over in July. Is this the same François Gauss from UBS? That is correct. Co-head global equities at UBS. He resigned along with the bank's boss, Oswald Grubel, in 2007, obviously following that whole unauthorized trading uh, debacle there. Must have been tough to get him to come on board. Yeah, no, he's he's an experienced guy who's been in the industry for a long period of time, and we were fortunate. We we already, for the past two years, have been looking at a replacement for myself, and uh, when... He was available. We were very fortunate that he joined us approximately a year ago. As far as the divisions go, you've, you've now split this up into three divisions. Uh, are any of those in need of perhaps bulking up where you might want to add a, a, an additional business or merge a business into any of those? At the moment, we would like to bed down everything in the business areas, but then we will definitely have a look at where we can bulk up uh, in the areas where we need to. Willem Teron is Chief Executive of PSG Consult. Well, David, as we spoke about last night, the talk in the market is that mm. uh, perhaps this business will be listed separately. Why, why would they release the results separately? Why would they do the marketing like they are separately if they didn't have the intention of, uh, of going public or uh, in a, what's it, in, mm. embarking on some kind of campaign that's going to help them? But... Of course they're doing. Look, it's a good result. That that is a coup, David. That is a, you know, he ran global Mm. equities for UBS. Yeah, Yeah. global. Global. (laughs) Global equities. Not not, not a local operation. Yeah. Is he he not going to, is he up here or is he going to join the the mafia down there in Stellenbosch? Uh, As far as I know, (laughs) they are moving their head office to uh, to Cape Town, PSG. Is that Uh, Not the group, but uh, the the mafia down there. He's going to be there with old Yanni, with all the chaps there. (laughs) Get all the business. You know, if you're stuck in Stellenbosch, you can make some big business there. David, let's get to some of these questions. A uh, question in from Jenny. Following tonight's discussion, how does betting and gambling help our economy? I think that's simple. They, they pay a lot of tax mm. on that. Uh, mm. Their taxes and all sorts of corporate social responsibility things there. Uh, let's get to last night's question, David. Uh, mm. Listener is in final year, student, mm. has saved mm. up. Is it better to buy property uh, as an ETF on the market in terms of investing, but rent property, or buy Actual property to live in. When you're a student or a final year student, you don't have to commit yourself to a property. You know, hopefully you're going to, down the line, you're going to get married 
uh, start a family. At that stage, you can you can put your roots down and buy property. Even then, it's debatable whether you should buy or not. I always prefer to rent, and I also like to get into the habit of saving and building up my savings, despite the fact that you might one day even take a, a bond. Mm. Uh, you can't switch easily. You can't. Technically, you can't. But technically, of course. Um, People will say, don't, you know, don't uh, pay off your bond first. But, but get into a habit of saving as well. It also helps. So the answer is don't do it yet. You know, keep as flexible as you can until such time as you're, you're, you know, you're, your social life becomes a lot more permanent. You know what you want to do. Would you buy Discovery now? Their entry into the Chinese insurance market must have a lot it's, of potential. I like Discovery very much. It's run, if you look at a chart of it, it's almost gone up like a needle. Mm. Like, uh, it, it, it needs 45 to, degree it, angle. In fact, uh, you wish it was 45. It's like uh, <laughs> 66, you know. It's, uh, it, it's gone up much higher than that. It needs to digest. It needs to digest its result and allow its earnings to catch up with expectations. So it's a very good share, but you might find it going into a period of